Which AFC North running back has a confounding situation facing him right now? How should you be handling Marquise Brown and DeAndre Hopkins in your football guys drafts? And what player is the guy you have to have in Chicago this year on your FFPC main event teams? Plus Duke Viveros, a 14-time FFPC league champ and a $200,000 high-stakes fantasy football winner, joins us to talk about Drake London's debut, Pat Fryermuth's sophomore campaign, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Uh, Duke Viveros is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Silence in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you so much, Rob. Welcome to all the Balkaholics uh, tuning in tonight, listening on your uh, downloads, on your streams, on the audio stream, whatever you want to do, however you want to tune into the show. We're just glad you're doing it. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is uh, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Normally, he has the night off tonight. He will be back next week. By the way, a very, uh, beg your pardon, he'll be back in two weeks. Very special week of shows we have coming up in two weeks. We'll get to that later on in the show. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll converse about uh, why FFPC drafters may not be drafting A.J. Dillon early enough, what you should expect from Noah Fant in Seattle this year, and then Duke Viveros is going to join us to talk about the Washington running back to target, whether to pair up Leonard Fournette and Rashad White if you're drafting in the Football Guys Players Championship and much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFO or at Eric Balkman and always learn more about the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship that Farrell runs at KFFSC.com. You can post on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash HSFFO and you can also email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, for myself, for Duke, coming up later on in the show, now is the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions all the tweets, all the uh, emails coming up later on in the fantasy feedback uh, segment in the show. Thanks to our producer and my uh, mutual friend, Rob, and our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce. A couple of housekeeping notes. It is a big day on Monday, not just because it is Independence Day, but because the FFPC main event slow drafts uh, begin. Why is that special? Because for the first time ever in season-long fantasy football history, we are giving away $1 million to first place. Those drafts kick off via the slow method on Monday. Multiple football guys drafts are filling up every day. $350 can get you a chance at $500,000 in that. Uh, of course, the 2022 FFPC Best Ball Tournament and the Superflex Best Ball Tournament going live. Those drafts are filling up every single day. Two, uh, beg your pardon, $125 gets you a $200,000 uh, chance uh, grant, at a grand prize there. And then, of course, a $35 entry fee gets you a chance at a 10K grand prize in the Superflex Best Ball Championship. We have plenty of Dynasty startup drafts popping off uh, tomorrow and uh, the rest of this week, really the rest of the summer. So if you're looking for a 365-day challenge, now is the time to sign up for those at MyFFPC.com. If you prefer the 12-team closed leagues, we have sit-and-goes, we have lives, we have slows, all available at MyFFPC.com in a bevy of formats. And, of course, the Run to Daylight Championship, only two leagues left there. The Draft Masters filling up. I just signed up for a couple of Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Draft Masters uh, this past week, and I'm in a couple of those right now. I encourage you to sign up for those at KFFSC.com. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring in tonight's co-host. He's been playing high-stakes fantasy football for more than uh, two decades. He's won more than $200,000 over the course of his career. He finished second in the NFFSC Classic, seventh in the uh, NFFC Primetime, along with a second overall finish in the FFWC Online Championship. Over the course of the last two years alone in the FFPC, he's banked 14 league titles, and he's here tonight 
to talk about his 2022 Football Guys Players Championship drafts and much more. You follow him on Twitter at Duke Viveros. Please welcome onto the show the incomparable Duke Viveros. Duke, happy early 4th of July to you, man. Thank you so much for joining the show tonight. Thank you, Bobby. It's a pleasure to be on with you guys. Um, I, uh, I'm very excited to talk to you, but, uh, about fantasy football first questions first, uh, how did you do in the world series of poker out in Las Vegas this year? Uh, you know, I was out there for a month. I was living in casinos, like a hobo with a stick moving around every five <laughs> or six days. It, it, it truly was. And I was fortunate enough to win one tournament and make other five caches. Uh, I did, uh, for the whole month there, I, it didn't cost me a penny. Because uh, of the caches that, that I got. And it was just an incredible experience. Uh, I'm meeting so many players all over the world from uh, Russia, from Ukraine, from Peru, from Mexico, and having breakfast with the guys. Couldn't really understand each other because of thick accents, but all things was common was about poker. It was just my fantasy for a whole month living that. And it was the greatest time I ever had. It's kind of like when you go, like when you draft live in Las Vegas, right? For for high stakes fantasy football, it's kind of where you see these guys like once a year, whether it's a World Series of Poker, whether it's high stakes fantasy football. It's kind of an, a, a special treat because I know you value not only draft day highly, but of course poker uh, when you're playing out there for a few weeks too in Las Vegas. It's a big thing. It, it's so huge. There's nothing like it, especially in September, you know, when you go to Vegas, you're doing all these big league drafts. Because you talk about these players all the time. You do hundreds of drafts through the years. When you see them face-to-face, you know, and you're talking, it's such a thrill, such an excitement. It's such a rush doing that draft, competing against the best in the world. And they're, they're, you're, they're buddies, your friends. You're just having the best time of your life there. Um, let's get into the show right now. We'll kick it off with uh, with your interview tonight. Let's, let's do this first. When you're not winning FFPC leagues, when you're not winning all these uh, poker tournaments out in Las Vegas, Duke, how are you spending your time nowadays? Uh, it's super busy. I retired five years ago, but I have five grandchildren and my daughters, and I just spoil them and spend all my time with them. Uh, in the spare time, I have a buddy, and we're going down to Panera Bread or somewhere else. I mean, we're just talking fantasy football, getting ready for the drafts. You know, what are we going to do this? What are we going to do that? And uh, I have a pretty charm life right now. Yeah, I would. I, and, and you know what's crazy, and I'll bring this up. For the first time ever this week, we did two high-stakes fantasy football hour um, – uh, shows in the same week because I can't do one next week. So we did two this week on Wednesday. We interviewed Rashad Cobb, a guy that you'll be competing against or that you have competed against in football guys, players championship, as well as the FFPC main event. And he actually lives in Las Vegas and, and works in law enforcement. Still, yeah. he works in law enforcement. Um, and Farrell, who normally is with us tonight, he couldn't be with us. He was out in Las Vegas on Wednesday. He's a little bit sick tonight, so he couldn't make it. So he was out in Las Vegas. And here you are just coming from Las Vegas, but you also had a long career in law enforcement as well. It's amazing how everything just ties together. Intertwines and comes together, correct? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right. Speaking of coming together, the Bears passing game is trying to come together this year, uh, Duke, and, and it still may be a work in progress. Are there any players, as you look at that passing game with Justin, led by Justin Fields, are there any players that represent nice values to you or guys that you've been centering on in football guys' drafts so far this year? The Bears' offense is one of the ones that I have been center, centering on. Uh, Darnell Mooney, to me, is, is a freak. He's a monster. He had 39 pass targets his last three games of the seasons last year. Only eight players, wide receivers, fantasy-wise, had more targets than Darnell Mooney had last year. Two months ago, he's going in early sixth round. The draft I did two days ago, he went in the fourth round. I mean, he's just skyrocketing. I wish I hate to see all this stuff on Twitter. You know, he's doing this, he's doing that. Be quiet. Let me get him still in the fifth or sixth <laughs> round. I think he's fantastic. He had 140 targets last year. It's incredible what he did throwing Cole Komet on there. What, he had 60 some ca- catches last year. You know, anytime the guy outside the 20 yard line, whatever reason, Nagy would take him out. And next thing you know, Jimmy Graham's in there getting the touchdowns. Komet's by himself now. He can get 60, 75 uh, catches this year. Let's not get crazy on the touchdowns, but maybe five to seven, eight touchdowns maybe. And then throw in Monty. I mean, he's still going in the – Montgomery, he's still going in the fifth round. Explain that to me. How many third three-down backs are there in fantasy football to get value on Montgomery? He had 51 pass targets last year. And he had 40 catches, receptions. He can catch the ball. He, he knows what he's doing. You know, I, I like I like everything about it. Uh, the quarterback making a, a better transition, second year. I like everything about the Bears, as fantasy wise. 
this year. And, and it sounds to me, so like a couple of things here. Number one, you like Mooney, you like Komet, you might like Montgomery, every, every places that they're going or all the ADPs that they're going at right now. I think a lot of times we have people on the show and they'd say, well, stay away from the bad offense, stay away from the offenses that aren't going to score touchdowns. For you right now, the Bears' offense is a value, and those guys uh, that you just named at their current ADPs, you're all over. I love hearing that. Yeah, yeah. Those are the three guys that are going to be fed, and you can get them in the fifth round. You can get Komet in the 10th, 11th round. You know, Montgomery, a three-down back in the fifth round, if you, if you want to load up on wide receivers earlier in the draft. To me, that's just a win-win-win where all those three guys are going in the draft. I think it's fantasy gold. Um, as a reminder, Darnell Mooney, wide receiver, 27 at the 509 right now, according to FantasyMojo.com. Uh, Darren Armani, who runs that website, at FantasyMojo on Twitter. We always give him props for that. Um, Cole Komet, tight end 12. He is rising a little bit, but he's still firmly in the middle of the ninth round. And then David Montgomery, who you also mentioned, Duke. This is running back 20 at the 409. So it makes a lot of sense for all three of those guys there um, to pick them up when you consider who else is going there and why they're being undervalued right now. Let's keep uh, talking about the uh, passing games of the NFL that are being undervalued, and I think the Jaguars is right up there as well. They added some pieces to the receiving core. Of course, we think about Evan Engram at tight end. Um, they already had LaVisca Chenault. They already had Marvin Jones. But Christian Kirk, let's talk about him. Reset the wide receiver market uh, as far as free agency goes. Why do you think he's worth his current eighth-round uh, football guy's ADP right now? I have Kirk Balky on 80% of my teams, getting him 10th round, 9th round. Now he's going in the 6th round, 7th round. He's flying up the charts. Number three wide receiver last year, little under 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. He had over 100 targets, 73 catches as the number three. Let's move over to the Jaguars now, the number one guy. If you can get him in the 7th round, Balky, He's to me, he's a number one wide receiver, but he'll be your number four wide receiver on your fantasy team. You can't to me, you just can't go wrong with that. Um, and and, and I totally get where you're coming from on this too. Um, with with Christian Kirk, are you just in general, Duke? Are are you looking at so like it looks? It sounds like you were buying on Kirk. You know, back when you get him in the ninth, tenth round. Now he's risen a little bit. Are you still staying away from him, knowing that? that he has, he's gone up in value, or is he still a buy for you in the sixth round right now? Major buy. He's a, in my opinion, a number one wide receiver. Who else is going to get the targets over there? Ingram, maybe injury prone. I like Ingram. I like him, but I'm not crazy about him. But who's going to get the target? Antonin, I don't know yet. I honestly don't know about Travis Antonin. Is he going to be that good? Is he worth a third-round pick? I don't know. Um, but I do know he's going to get a lion's share at the start, and we're going to find out. You know, but – Christian Kurtz, undisputed, number one. I love everything about it. A number one wide receiver, even in the seventh round, to yeah. me, is just fantastic to get. Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, and Christian Kirk could be something that helps a lot of fantasy owners out this year. Continuing with the passing games, uh, Drake London, a rookie out of USC, um, who is now playing in Atlanta. He's got a great opportunity in front of him, could put up big numbers, even though he is a rookie. Is he in for a big season in Atlanta, despite this being his first year in the NFL? And maybe you could say substandard quarterback play with Mariota there? Even substandard. I love everything about him. Actually, I'm kind of comparing him to his alumnus from USC last year, Amar Ross St. Brown. You know, he London cannot land in a better spot in 32 team to where he's going to go. It's going to be him and Elijah Pitts on a horrible defensive team in Atlanta. I know Mariota's not all that, but it's all about targets and volume and throwing that you're an uh, alpha dog coming out of college, you know, in your height, strength, red zone target. Again, uh, I think he's going to be great. Look what Amal Ron St. Brown did last year with three different quarterbacks. It didn't matter. He still got his catches, you know, and he didn't get started until the second half of the season. I like everything about this kid coming out of USC, going over Atlanta. I think he's going to do very, very well. You know, I've seen him go in the 11th round, 10th round. Now he's moving up ninth round, sometimes middle eighth round. You know, yeah. I like it. it. It's all validated, in my opinion. I think he's that good. Um, Drake London, wide receiver 37 right now in Football Guys Players Championship. Jess, are, are those the two guys that you like? Because, I mean, everybody likes Kyle Pitts. Are those the two guys you like this year in for Atlanta pass catchers? Is, is London yeah. and Pitts, and you're staying away from the rest of them? Uh, stay away. I mean, listen, last year you hit fantasy gold if you got Cordell Patterson off a of free agent wire. We have a wire, but yeah, Alligator, maybe, you know, mid-season, mid who's going to run the ball? I don't right. want to get involved with that. I don't want to have any players like that on my roster. 
Um, we talked a little bit about last week on this program, the retirement of, of Rob Gronkowski and how it leaves a hole in the passing game. Um, Mike Evans, uh, you, you've, hear, you've heard probably the last couple of weeks people saying Mike Evans could threaten to be the number one overall receiver in fantasy football. And while that's true, I think there's some other guys worth talking about here. Russell Gage, nobody is rising as fast as that dude is at wide receiver since the Gronkowski retirement. And then it comes down to uh, a tight end for Tampa. You have Kate Otten, and then you have uh, Cameron Bray. What kind of a season? I'll specifically ask you about Cameron Bray here. What kind of a season is Cameron Bray going to have in Tampa, assuming Gronk stays away for the full year? Prior to the Gronk news, I was still all over Cameron Bray. I mean, you can get him for nothing. You can get him in 18th, 19th round. Why not? And then the, now, the news was announced a couple weeks ago. Gronk wasn't coming back. I had probably had Bray on 70% of my team with my last pick prior to the Gronk news coming out. So I was all happy. That, you know, I got him. I got nothing to lose. Everything in the game. And then you see this beat writer in Tampa last week said, oh, maybe Kate Otten's going to be the guy. I mean, I don't even know where that came from. Yeah. You know, uh, that being said, Bray still jumped up six, seven rounds, as he should have. He's going like in the 14th round now. But, yeah, everything to gain and nothing to lose with Cameron Bray pick. He's not going to be your number one tight end. And yet he can put up tight end. I'm not saying tight end one numbers, but he can be consistent eight to 12, throwing some TDs in there for nothing. I'll take that all day long. Yeah, and certainly, like, there's going to be some weeks he does put up tight end one numbers. Maybe not for the full year, like you said, Duke, but a guy like that who could, you know, in the right matchup, right scenario, he could put up numbers there. You're right. Cameron Braid has ascended to the 14th round, 18th, 19th round before the ground news. Now he's in the 14th round. Over the last five days in the Football Guys Players Championship, he has gone as high as the 1105 tight end 23 right now yeah. for Cameron Braid. So a guy that, and, and by the way, that they paid a lot of money to. I know there's plenty of people out there that are down on Cameron Bray, but to me, when you don't have to draft this guy as your number one tight end, when you can get him in the 14th, the 13th, maybe the 12th round, he makes a lot of sense in the tight end premium format. Um, we're talking with Duke Viveros, the uh, 14-time champ in the FFPC. Uh, it, FFPC leagues, a $200,000 high-stakes fantasy football winner. Um, let's talk about tight ends here uh, after Cameron Bray as well. Keep the conversation going. Pratt Fryermuth. He had a very, very good rookie season. What are the chances that he either meets or exceeds what he did in his rookie year now that he has Mitchell Trubisky throwing to him instead of Big Ben Roethlisberger? It, yeah, well, is there really that much of an upgrade? I, okay, I'll, I'll give Mitchell, but he's a stud. He, he is so good. Uh, seven touchdowns last year. I can see him being the number two wide receiver after Deontay Johnson this year. Mm. He's that good and that talented. I love everything about him. A little worried about the concussions that he had last year. You know, he might miss a couple of games, but ultra talent. I love everything about him. I, if you can get, and I have, 11th round, 10th round, again, that's another big, huge win if you can get Fryermuth on your team. Pat Fryermuth, as far as the ADP goes right now, has, uh, is at tight end 11, right ahead of Cole Komet, another guy that Duke likes. Uh, tight end 11, 903 right now. He's going right after Dawson Knox, and I think, I think, if I could remember correctly, I think we might get into Dawson Knox a little bit later on in the program. But Pat Farmouth, 903 at tight end uh, 11 right now. Um, continuing the tight end conversation, a player that we probably should be talking more on this show, and we, we just have not over the last couple months. Irv Smith is coming off a really bad injury last year. Um, Kevin O'Connell comes over from the world champion Los Angeles Rams. He's taking over the offense. There's a lot of people that are very – obviously, there's a ton of people excited for Jefferson. Um, Adam Thielen has been climbing up boards a little bit. And we're hearing a lot of K.J. Osborne love, too, with that pro-style offense that's coming in. What do you think the impact of Kevin O'Connell coming to Minnesota is going to have on Irv Smith at the tight end spot for the Vikings this season, Duke? I look at Irv Smith like the movie Willy Wonka on the Chocolate Factory, and you want the Wonka bars. I want Irv Smith Wonka bars this year. I think he can be <laughs> that well. I think he's going to be fantastic. Up, up, uptick offense, everything about it. You got rid of Zimmer and that dinosaur offense. You bring in a new coaching regime. We're talking about pass, pass, pass. If he's 100% healthy, Ur Smith all day long. I think he could be an amazing talent this year. There's there's a sweet spot here with tight ends. And, and we there talked is. about this on, on Wednesday with, with Rashad Cobb. Um, if, you, if you look at the Football Guys Players Championship, starting at the 8-11, you have Dawson Knox uh, as far as ADP goes. 811 Dawson Knox, Pat Fryer with 903, Cole Komet 907, Irv Smith at the 1003, and then Mike Kosicki also at the 1003. A lot of people, and I've I've talked to people this year who like to do it. They're either going with the elite tight ends early, and if they don't get them, they'll wait till eight, 
nine, sometimes 10 tight ends are off the board, and then they'll grab one in the eighth, ninth, 10th round, whatever that is. And for a tight end premium format, you certainly don't want to be skunked on it. But at yeah. the same time, if you can get one and maybe two of those guys where you go back to back with those wraparound picks there, Duke, that's probably not the worst way to do it if you get if you miss out on those top tight ends. It's not. I mean, it's not. I mean, you, I mean if you go Kelsey mid to late first round and then players that you're talking about, then all men there too. I mean, that, to me, that's a win-win. I mean, I really like that depending on the wide receivers that you get along with the running backs. But, yeah, I, I agree with you 100% regarding that. Um, shifting to running backs now, uh, going a little a little bit of rapid fire here. Brian Robinson was drafted by the Washington Commanders in the third round this year. Um, Antonio Gibson, we've, we've heard – my goodness, it seems like every week we're getting <laughs> about about Gibson getting his role scaled back this year. Um, maybe not being out there in goal line, maybe not being out there on third down. So when you look at the commanders running backs to to target in your drafts, is JD McKissick actually the guy you want to go with given his proficiency in catching the football? Yeah, I, I never drank the Kool-Aid on Gibson the last two years. I know there's just way too many players going in mid-second round where he was going that I, I want nothing to do with him. Uh, you know, and that's even, only, in the, even in the fifth right now, Duke, you're still off. Even in the fifth round, I want nothing to do. They're going to cannibalize each other if this kid's any good. You know, the guy is McKissick, 12th, 13th round. He can get you 10 fantasy points in one drive. You know, I, I mean, I, 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 I've always been a McKissick fan. I think he's fantastic. He had you know, the injuries here and there. And again, you're getting him dirt cheap, and he puts up some points. Beautiful bye week filler when your studs are on a bye, you know, and then you can even throw them in a flex spot when you need them, running into injuries or whatever it might be. I'm all over McKissick. I think he's very, very good. Another good point to bring up that that Duke kind of touched on is Antonio Gibson never been the pinnacle of health. He's missed some serious time. So if you are off Antonio Gibson, even in the fifth round, then J.D. McKissick as running back 52, as the pass catcher in that offense going in the 13th round, that should be a guy that you're all over because, as Duke said, Flex him out on the on the times Antonio Gibson misses, and he's going to be probably a top thirty running back, and maybe even higher than that. You know where you talk about, um, like you said, Duke, 10, 11 points on one drive because of how good he is catching the football. I think there's a lot to like there, and the fact that you can get him in the thirteenth round in Tyler Allgaier, Daryl Williams, Marlon Mack territory makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's a good way to spend the thirteenth round pick. We do want to get to a couple of emails uh, for you here that came in uh, this week. Duke, uh, first one is Josh in Augusta, South Carolina. Hey, Duke, I'm betting on a Derrick Henry downfall this year. If he does get hurt, is the running back to own Hassan Haskins or Dontrell Hilliard? Thank you. That is Josh in Augusta, South Carolina. Thank you for listening and emailing in, Josh. We appreciate it. Uh, Hassan Haskins, the rookie out of uh, Michigan, Dontrell Hilliard, a guy that was drafted, you know, as, as the backup for Derrick Henry the last couple of years. Do you have an inkling? Do you have a feeling on either one of those guys if you're not believing in Derrick Henry this year, Duke? Well, if Henry goes down, I mean, Haskins is the mini version of Henry. You know, he's a first, second down back. Hilliard's a third down back. Hilliard had a couple of fantasy games last year. It was, it, was, it was very, very nice numbers that he had put up. I don't think nothing changes in the role of Hilliard. I still see him as a, a McKissick type role, you know, as a, as a third down back, you know, Hask, uh, the, the kid, uh, Hask, he could, I mean, he could do well, but fantasy wise, I don't know. I mean, is he going to catch the ball? Is he going to score touchdowns? I don't think it's going to hurt you that bad if you do draft. I mean, he's going to the 14th, 15th round. And again, what's it going to hurt? I mean, your team, your roster is pretty much set. Why not take some shots at that? Um, but that's at the backfield there after Henry does go down, I'm kind of avoiding my drafts. So there's so even though Haskins sort of is like the the baby Henry or the mini Henry as it were, there's not a whole lot of value that you see even if Henry were to go down. I I just don't see it fantasy wise. Okay. In NFL wise, yeah, that's great wise, but fantasy wise, I mean, let's just say he's a starting running back, he gets 80, 90 yards. All right, so you got eight nine fantasy points. Is that going to win you? I I don't think so. You know, it's a great NFL wise, and the kid did great. You know, he did whatever whatever he did. You know, but fantasy wise. No, even if Henry's completely out, I'm not going to say don't draft him, but if that's his ceiling is not as high as other players that I could pick going in the 13th, 14th round. That I think uh, you mentioned uh, Daryl Williams. If there's an injury, yeah, you know, Daryl Williams can fit right like Kansas City role and can't in, in that offense over there. To me, that could be like fantasy gold. Um, and pass catching has a lot to do with it. Yeah, oh, that's well, that's everything with the PPR, yeah. correct? Yes, yeah. yes. And yeah. and Haskins, we're not sure. Um, Hilliard, we, th we think he can do it. It's just yeah. a matter of, is he going to get the volume with Haskins? Mm, probably not. 
So I'm right. kind of with you on staying away from that. Um, another uh, question here, uh, email Ed in Atlanta. What's up, Duke? If I grab Leonard Fournette early, should I also get Rashad White later? Or would you recommend just grabbing one or the other to increase my chances at a super team in the Football Guys Championship round? Ed in Atlanta, we appreciate you listening and emailing him. This is always the million-dollar – well, not the million-dollar question. I guess the $500,000 question of the Football Guys Players Championship. But when you have um, a player in Leonard Fournette where you're invest investing a you know a higher-round pick in that guy, is it worth getting his, his backup – or are you better off trying to get somebody else's backup? In other words, if Fournette goes down, you're probably not winning anything anyway. But if he doesn't go down and whoever you're drafting, um, you know, or whatever backup you're drafting, if the guy in front of him goes down, now all of a sudden you have a massive top 10 running back flex that could really help you out. How do you handle stuff like this, Duke, in the Football Guys Players Championship? This year, Rashad White, to me, has replaced Alexander Madison as the premier number one handcuff in all of fantasy football. Tampa Bay is a machine. Uh, Rashad White is similar to Fournette's strength. I like his cockiness that I want to be the number one running back. There's everything about he. I mean, he wants Fournette's job. You know, and if Fournette goes down, he's going to step right in there. I think it's going to be just smooth running. He could be fantasy gold if you get him. I have I love Fournette. I I I, I have him on so many teams, and eighty to ninety percent of my teams that I have Fournette, I was fortunate enough to handcuff White in the tenth or eleventh round. That is a handcuff that, to me, is super important, that I do want that combination. Because, to me, it's like a well-oiled machine, Tampa Bay's offense. Either two is going to succeed and put up just monster numbers. So, for you, certain handcuffs are worth it. Certain are not worth it Worth it in, in the Football Guys Players Championship. If you draft Leonard Fournette um, in, in all these leagues, you're actively seeking Rashad White. What about Rashad White without Leonard Fournette? Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. He's he's a he's a he's a home run. You know, if you're just going crazy on your wide receivers and tight end, and you're kind of going to the zero running back theories or just one stud running back, oh, I'm, I'm all over that. Yeah, you, I'd even go up if, like I said, all wide receivers and tight end. You got a stud quarterback. I would take him late ninth, tenth round as one of my running back. I, there's some other ones I'm going to take right after him, but he's the first one on my pecking order that I'm going to get on that team. Does the fact that you like Rashad White's talent so much? stop you from taking Leonard Fournette in, in, in some drafts because you know how talented the backup is behind him. And if Rashad White flashes early in the season, maybe it becomes a timeshare or does that not enter your mind? Not for one second. Tampa Bay wants to win a Super Bowl. It's not going to be a 50-50 timeshare. One of them is going to be the goat in the back in the backfield there. You know, it's not going to, you come in here, you come in here. It's going to be one of the two. It, 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 and, and they're going to just take off. So that, that does not come into factor at all. Um, yeah, more the more talent, the better, right? And if you can yes. get both of them, you're loaded up on one of the best offenses in the NFL as they try to chase another Super Bowl. Let's get into the uh, fantasy flash, uh, the stuff going around the uh, the NFL, the news and tidbits right now. This first one that we talk about tonight, Joe Biscaglia, who covers the Buffalo Bills for the Athletic, says that the Bills coaching staff is firmly behind Devin Singletary. Now, Singletary last year when Zach Moss was, for whatever reason, not showing it in practice, not doing it in games, but Singletary was the guy as much as you can be the guy in that offense as a running back. Um, but the Bills still were looking for a third down back. They got James Cook in the second round this season. Biscaglia, in his report for The Athletic, said that he thinks the touches are going to come about, uh, come about the same way that most fantasy managers are drafting them right now. Singletary is the clear lead back on early downs, but Cook is probably going to eat into the third downs as the season goes on. Now, Devin Singletary, I, I don't necessarily know how much value there is in, in drafting him, given that the Buffalo Bills are so predicated on Josh Allen slinging the rock to Dawson Knox, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, and the like, and then obviously James Cook. But there is some value there. Hudson Kern-Reeve in the chat room wants to know, he is James Cook being undervalued in drafts right now? Should you try to get him if you have Devin Singletary uh, on your team, which he points out, is pretty easy to do in the Football Guys Players Championship right now. You think about James Cook, his ADP is running back 34 at the 805 Duke, and then De Devin Singletary uh, running back 31 at the 802. You could easily go in the seventh round, get Singletary, eighth round, get James Cook. Is that something that you'd be willing to do? How do you sort of see this Bills backfield, which is tough to figure out for fantasy owners? Yeah, this has been mind-boggling to me. I've actually seen Cook go before Singletary in some drafts. I'm just mm -hmm. scratching my head. I'm going... What am I missing here? Listen, he's a talent. I get all that. Singletary in the three-week sprint last year, 
25 points a game. He was fantasy called. He won people many, many titles in the fan. What has changed since then? You know, uh, the Bills don't throw the ball to the running backs. Like Singletary had 40 catches last year, which, which is pretty good. But Singletary is the guy. And I, I guess they came out, what, two days ago. He's the guy. You know, we're going to sprinkle in. We're going to sprinkle in the rookie on third downs and some other situations or you know, give him a blow. Uh, uh, but I love Singletary. You know, um, if I do have Singletary, though, I do want Cook. I, I, I would like him at the hand. And I – Singletary is like Rodney Dangerfield right now. He's not getting any respect in the drafts at all. I'm getting him in the eighth round sometimes. And then if my team's looking really good and I see I'm okay, I have grabbed Cook in the ninth round. He's still there. Why not have them both at the same time if my team's solid that, that I like? If I need to work on something else, then I'll pass on Cook. But I'm not going crazy on Cook like everybody else. I remember last year we raving about Trey Sermon, Trey Sermon, this Trey Sermon, that fourth round, fifth round. I never, I never understood that. You know, um, I just don't think um, the kid's going to be off the charts like everybody thinks it's going to be. Singletary, to me, is still the man there. So to to borrow Rodney Dangerfield's line, take Devin Singletary. Take him, please, in, please. in football guys' drafts. Yeah, makes a lot of sense in the seventh round. I actually, it's so funny because I have him in a couple of dynasty leagues, and, and every year it always seems like I never know what to do with him. But for whatever reason, he always seems to weave his way as a flex spot for me. Um, as we get later on in the season, I don't necessarily think James Cook is going to take that value away from him uh, this year. So I'm looking forward to that again, as you are. The Athletics, Jeff Zrebic, and I apologize if I'm butchering your name, Jeff, but you cover the Baltimore Ravens for the Athletic. And we're going to talk about uh, your report on J.K. Dobbins. According to Zrebic, uh, he's unlikely to play in the preseason this year. J.K. Dobbins um, is 10 months removed from a serious knee injury and hardly appeared at all uh, on the field or on the sidelines uh, in Baltimore at the OTAs. Um, basically, was catching some passes from the uh, jugs machine in, in practice. Um, Zrebic says that uh, Dobbins could have uh, his early season workloads managed, but um, we don't necessarily have any hard evidence that that's going to be the case. What we do know is this. Gus Edwards is still there. Um, they drafted Tyler Batty, and they signed Mike Davis. Now, I know there's plenty of people out there, and we've talked about it on this show, that the signing of Mike Davis might be something that leads you to believe that either Dobbins is still not all the way back, Gus Edwards is not all the way back, or neither one of them is all the way back. How do you look at this Ravens backfield, Duke? Uh, are, do you have full confidence in J.K. Dobbins right now, or do you think this is going to be more of a timeshare given how Baltimore has used the running backs uh, in the past? I don't look at the Raven backfield. I see the Raven. I just turn the page right away. I, I want nothing. I, I want nothing to do with that backfield. I have no idea what's going to happen. This batty kid, he could, he could be the guy for all I know. The other two guys are still hurt. We have, we have no idea. I don't want to waste the headache and the time taking two Tylenol at 9.59 a.m. in the morning who to put in my lineup if it's going to be a Raven running back. I just, just stay away. I want nothing to do with The running back on the team is a quarterback. He's, he's the number one running back on that team. You know, and he he'll get the, he gets the goal line carry. He does this, he does that, but he's small. Look at the last year. Now he's been injured. He's getting hurt. I mean, I love him, but you can't take a beating like that. You know, you're gonna end up getting hurt. J.K. Dobbins is the highest uh, drafted Ravens running back right now. Kind of a little bit by himself in drafts at the five oh three right now. He is um, about a half round behind David Montgomery, and quite frankly, he's about a half round ahead of Josh Jacobs. So he's basically the only guy going in that early fifth. But when you look at Dobbins, man, I mean, I, I know that, that you know, people are talking up Zamir White um, in Las Vegas, but I think I might like Jacobs better there. Gibson is not a guy I'm crazy about. Elijah Mitchell's going right after that. With all the receivers that are going basically at the end of the fourth round up until uh, there's a nice little run that goes up until the early sixth round, that might be a good spot to draft a receiver or TJ Hawkinson. The other running backs there, it's tough to get excited about. J.K. Dobbins included. Um, John Clark has a podcast in Philadelphia called The Phillies Takeoff. Miles Sanders was a guest on it recently, um, and uh, he was asking him about his uh, – Clark was asking Sanders about his role this year and what he expects to do in 2022. And uh, Miles Sanders said, quote, I need more opportunities, being consistent, more consistent. Um, Clark then asked Sanders if he wants to be used more, and Miles Sanders says, I would love to. If you look back at last year, he was at the top of the league in yards per carry, five and a half yards per rush, 
but he did not score a touchdown. He got 20 red zone carries, did not score. He got 10 carries inside the 10, did not score. He got five carries inside the five, still did not score. Now, Jalen Hurts, obviously, we know how good he is rushing the ball. We know Jordan Howard took away um, a lot of those short yardage carries in, inside the goal line. In fact, Hurts and Howard combined to score 12 touchdowns uh, via rushing the football inside 10 yards. The touchdowns are fluky, and we know that from year to year. But when you look at Miles Sanders this year, I don't know, Duke, if he's ever had an ADP this low at this point in the season, running back 27 at that 6-7 turn. You go zero RB. I'm totally on board with Miles Sanders. I'm betting on a bounce back this year. What about you? That's what catches my eye. He's going in the seventh round now. He's not going in the second round. The, the, he's so talented. He's He really, really is good. I don't know what was going on. You're seeing – next thing you know, you're seeing Boston Scott in the game. You're seeing Gainwell in the game. You know, and, and, and what happened? He was looking good. You know, I, I don't quite understand that. And now you're looking at a value of him. I kind of look at him like I kind of look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire now going in the seventh round. You know, I, you know, McKinnon going back there, eh, it hurts a little bit. Uh, but those are values now. Those were second-round guys last year. They're going in the seventh round, you know, and, you know, and they catch the ball, you know, and I like I like everything about it. And, I, I, I you know, if, if I'm – I need a running back, I like him in the seventh round. I, I do too. And and you think about, you know, how zero RB – how do you – Duke, I should ask you that. Zero RB, where you're where you're going, you're loading up on four receivers and a tight end, or four receivers and and a quarterback, or maybe a couple of tight ends and three receivers. Have you done that historically in your FFPC main events, your football guys, players, championships? Is that a strategy that has paid off for you in the past? No, I like to see other people with that strategy because I know I'm going <laughs> I'm to get their money. It, 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 it's, <laughs> it's it's fool's gold. Has somebody won a world, a, a, you know, a, a title? Yeah, it, it's happened once or twice. But you hardly ever see. It. You got to have at least one one horse, one lead dog, and then hope to hit on your running backs ninth through fifteenth round. That I, I'm I'm on board with that. If you go zero running back strategy, please be in my league. I want you to be in my league. All right, so there you go. Duke Piveros wants the zero RB guys in his league. I'm sure you'll see a few of them again this year for sure. Uh, final thing that we'll uh, get to before we get into uh, the rest of the listener emails tonight, and a couple. I think we got a couple of chat room questions as well. Um, Arizona Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins will be eased back into practice in training camp because he is, remember, not only facing that six-game suspension, but he's coming back off of a knee injury. He's not going to practice every single day. Arizona has a plan for him because he's missing the first six games of the season, as I just said. But Marquise Brown, the newly acquired, the freshly acquired from the Baltimore Ravens, Marquise Brown will be the number one receiver there. At least we think he's going to be the de facto number receiver while DeAndre, while DeAndre Hopkins is out. Duke, how do you handle this in, in managed leagues? Not best ball leagues, but managed leagues um, where you know Hopkins is going to miss the first six games, but he's coming in at a value right now. And as a result, Marquise Brown's being pumped up on his ADP a little bit. But you know once Hopkins comes back, Marquise Brown's numbers may go down. How do you handle these two Cardinals receivers this year? Yeah, you got to take that consideration. I mean, Brown's going in the fifth round right now. But like you said, when Newt comes back in week six, week seven, or whatever, after the bike, after the bye week, you know, I'm, I'm not so I don't have Brown on any team. The guy I do have on a lot, a lot of teams, Ron Delmore. Mm. I love that. I know he's a little guy, but he's lightning quick. You get him 11th, 12th round. He's playing out of the slot this year. Where's the targets going to go this year right now, Bucky? Mar Marquise Brown, Rondell Brown, and Zach Ertz. Yeah. You know, I think there's, there's going to be so many opportunities there, uh, uh, targets, you know, for, for the kid, uh, second year now, Rondell Moore. I really like him. I think he's one of the sleepers this year where he can do very, very well. You can get him in the 12th round, and you're going to like the results with him. All those Christian Kirk targets up for grabs. Marquise Brown has been pushed up quite a bit. Wide receiver 19 now. He is now a fourth-round pick. DeAndre Hopkins, on the other hand, has obviously fallen because of the um, because of the suspension uh, upcoming in Football Guys Players Championship drafts over the last five days. He is wide receiver 38. That's got to be the lowest I've seen him ever. 707 is is his ADP. And to Duke's point, you want somebody cheap in that uh, in that um, Cardinals offense. You're looking at Rondale Moore as wide receiver 54 in the 11th round. This is Christian Watson, Jahan Dotson territory. A couple of rookies. You're not really sure what to expect from them. Michael Gallup is coming off the uh, ACL. Jarvis Landry, who's on a new team. And then Kenny Galladay, who's had really two underwhelming seasons. There's a lot to like about Rondale Moore in the 11th round, if you like that Arizona offense, and I know plenty of people do. Um, Duke, we will get to uh, emails here in a second, but before we do, 
can you tell the the viewers right now one player that you're trying to get on all your teams that maybe we haven't talked about yet and then another player that you know you will not have any on your team uh, any shares of on your teams this year because there's no way you're taking them yeah you mentioned them briefly uh kj osborne mm -hmm. i think he's 13th 14th round he had seven touchdowns last year 500 yards 50, 50, uh, 50 receptions in a vanilla offense look at the new regime that's there now and listen i love Thielen. Thielen was fantastic but Thielen does have injuries he's one one injury away if Thielen gets hurt to be a number two wide receiver in fantasy football in my opinion in that in that offense he's a three four tweener right now but i think he can be that good um and you're getting him for nothing you're, i mean he's going to be your sixth seventh wide receiver i think that's just uh very very smart if you can get kj osborne on your team yeah osborne is a guy that that remember he was like last year was was a big waiver wire darling and i don't think it was just once i think he had like two two weeks last year yeah, two weeks in a row yeah, where, yeah. Where he, like everybody was <laughs> on him. wide receiver 68 14th round right now Devonte parker dj chark alec pierce territory I think Osborne has not ascended enough, and I think I'm with you. I think he's going to turn dividends in the 14th round, and I think he continues climbing uh, until we get to main event season. Duke, what about a guy that you don't want this year on any of your squats? You know, a lot of people are going to disagree with me and say, this guy is an idiot. You don't know what he's talking about. But to me, this year is Tyreek Hill in, oh. in the second round. I just don't get it. Uh, he's going from Mahomes to, in my opinion, one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh he got paid. They backed the Brinks truck up for him. To me, he's not the alpha dog on the team. To me, it's Jalen Waddle with his 140 targets, 104 catches. Tua can throw a beautiful six-yard slant, but it's nothing but lollipops after 20 yards. I'm throwing down the field. You know, it's not no disrespect towards Tyreek Hill. He's a great talent, but to me, he could not have landed in a worse spot for fantasy-wise for football players. I don't dislike Tyreek Hill. I think he's an amazing talent, but he went to the wrong team. To me, it's all about Jalen Waddle over there now. Uh, Tua, to me, his over and under in the Vegas line <laughs> would be six games before he's hurt. He's fragile, you know, and next thing you know, you're going to have Bridgewater under center there, you know, and I just, I'm, I'm not on board with Tyreek Hill. And a lot of people can disagree. I mean, and you know what? I have no idea. I mean, I have no idea what I'm talking about. That's my form <laughs> that, that I see coming up, you know, with Tyreek Hill. Um, Tyreek Hill, 211 right now in drafts. Jalen Waddle at the 402. Do you like, even though you don't like Tunga Vailoa, are you still a fan of Jalen Waddle in the early? Oh, round? yeah. Bridgewater can throw a six yard slant all day long. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I love, I love Waddle. Yeah, yeah. I got no problem with that whatsoever. Okay. Waddle, right. Waddle is a beast. I love everything about Waddle. Um, Tyreek Hill going right ahead of T. Higgins, Keenan Allen, AJ Brown, Michael Pittman. Uh, those guys are all going behind him. And then you have Mike Williams followed by. Jalen Waddle in draft. So yeah, I don't think I've drafted Tyreek Hill in in um any leagues so far this year. I know I don't have him on any dynasty leagues, and I think I'm okay with that. So kind of with you, like I'm not sure if if that's the right call, but it's a call I'm willing to live with. And if Tyreek Hill blows up and and Tua Tunga Vailoa shows everybody that he's this amazing quarterback, I, I'm okay. I, and, and and by the way, and I'll tell you this too, because I do like Hill as a talent, and I do like Jalen Waddle. I have no problem taking Tunga Vailoa super late as a backup quarterback, or if I'm in um, like a best ball league, taking him as my second quarterback. But it's tough for me to soak all that draft capital in a second round pick with with Tyreek Hill, which I think is what you're saying too, right? Yes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Just a second round pick, you know, seventh, eighth wide receiver coming off the board. I just, there's so many wide receivers I would rather have right. in that spot there. You and me both. Uh, let's get to a couple of emails here as we are coming up on the home stretch of the show. John in Miami, speaking to Tyreek Hill and Tua Tungabailoa and Jalen Waddle. Um, he wants to know if Jacoby Brissett forces the Browns to go with a ground heavy attack, would Kareem Hunt make for a nice sleeper, even if Nick Chubb stays healthy? Thanks, boys. That is John in Miami. And I'm just looking at Kareem Hunt's ADP right now, according to Fantasy Mojo, running back 30. At the 712. So if you draft Kareem Hunt there, you're probably not counting on him as a starter. However, if if you are looking at acquiring running backs, let's say you go with Hero RB, like Duke was, was talking about before, a strategy I like, where you get that big stud running back in round one or two and then kind of build around him and get your other running backs later. Kareem Hunt would make a lot of sense uh, at the end of the seventh round. We just heard the report this week 
that he is finally healthy. With he was had to that nagging calf injury, some other stuff last season going on. But Kareem Hunt, his value is low. Duke seven eight turn. I'm on board with that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I am too. I'm a zero running back theory. You get Kareem Hunt. That's a good get. Kareem Hunt for bye weeks when you're when you're top running backs on on a bye. I like that. An injury to Chubb. Well, look what happened when Chubb went down. Kareem Hunt was a big dud last year as, as a right. starter. He, he didn't do anything, which is disappointing. But we know Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is a three down back. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He's a powerful runner. You know, he he's got a guy unfortunately named Chubb in front of him there, or he would be arguably going in the second round on, on any other teams around here if he was a starting running back on another team. And uh, Broward Bravado uh, pointing out in the ch- YouTube chat right now, he's like, well, Kareem Hunt could be traded, which is a valid point, and I thank him for bringing that up. I just think that if he is traded, because I know that Dearness Johnson is much more affordable for Cleveland right now, and when you're giving all that money, all that guaranteed money to Deshaun Watson, who might not play it all this season, you're looking to cut corners when you can. So maybe Hunt is traded, and I know he's looking for a contract, but for me, anytime this happens, um, I always think like, well, yeah, he could be moved to a different team, but that team is probably going to want to use him. They're probably going to utilize him as much as they can since they're the ones acquiring that asset. So for me, the trade is a viable thing, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to necessarily hurt his fantasy value uh, that much. Speaking yeah. of other running backs here, let's get to my neck of the woods here in Northeast Wisconsin. Warren in Huntington, New York, since the Packers have such an inexperienced group of receivers, wouldn't you think that A.J. Dillon, should be selected closer to Aaron Jones than he is right now. Thank you so much for the email, Warren, in Huntington, New York. Aaron Jones, who I absolutely love this year. I've been talking him up uh, for, for several months now. He's up to running back 10 at the 207. A.J. Dillon, who actually just got hitched last weekend up here in Door County, Wisconsin. Saw the, the Instagram from that. Looked like a lovely ceremony. A.J. Dillon running back 26 at the 607. Duke, should he be going closer to where Aaron Jones is going? Do you, do you think that this is going to be more of a backfield split this year between those two? I see 60-40, uh, a split back there. Uh, I mean, I, like you, I love Aaron Jones. I, I think he's fantastic. I think he's getting even more catches now uh, with Devontae gone. That being said, Dylan's a monster. He, he's a beast. And he got, I believe he caught 34 catches or passes. Yep. I mean, he, he can catch the ball. He doesn't just, you know, at the goal line. I do like him. It's just, for me, do I, am I going to take him in the sixth round? I mean, to me, that's a high pick. You know, uh, there's so many other good players available there, depending on uh, the buildup of your roster. I don't dislike Dylan. I, I, I do have him on a few teams where, he, where I got him at that mid to late sixth round. Um, but I'm uh, more Aaron Jones than I am Dylan. Let me, let me, let's go rapid fire on this real quick. Um, for players, running backs that are going right after A.J. Dillon in, in drafts, would you rather draft A.J. Dillon, Duke, or a guy we talked about earlier in the show, A.J. Dillon or Miles Sanders? Dillon. A.J. Dillon. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just saying. And then Aaron Jones does get injuries with his knee. Right. I mean, Dillon's going to be a monster. He'll be a monster. Okay, so speaking of injuries, A.J. Dillon or a guy who's going just a couple of picks behind him, Tony Pollard in Dallas. Love Pollard. They're already talking about lining up in the slot. I mean, I, I love it. If you can get Pollard in the ninth round, grab him. Um, last one, and we'll we'll bring this up. In a, we're going to bring this guy back up in, in a couple of emails from now. But uh, would you rather have AJ Dillon or the rookie out of Michigan State now in Seattle, Ken Walker? Dillon. Dillon. Okay. Because of the offense, is that what it is? Offense. Who knows what Penny? And potential I mean, opportunity. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no. Yeah, I was, I, I'm kind of staying away from that. Um, next email is, Ooh, Saginaw, Michigan. It's Terry. Hey fellas, Saquon Barkley, Kadarius, Tony, Kenny Galladay, Wandale Robinson. Why is Sterling Shepard being ignored? I feel like I am getting him every draft. Am I doing it wrong? Appreciate any insight you can give me. That is Terry and Saginaw, Michigan. Sterling Shepard has an ADP right now in the football guys players championship. Uh, Duke wide receiver, 89. He's an 18th round pick. He's basically free. Um, I know people are excited about the shiny new toy with Wandale Robinson. I know the the Giants are paying a lot of money to Kenny Galladay, and they expect Brian Dable to be able to unlock him. And I know everybody knows what they saw in Kadarius Toney last year, the flashes that he had, and obviously Saquon Barkley is ascending um, uh, ADP boards as well. What about Sterling Shepard? Do you have any kind of interest in him late this year? I officially threw away my Sterling Shepard Kool-Aid cup in the trash last year. I've, I've had him on my team for like six, I don't know, five years in a row. He'll look amazing. 
20 fantasy points, eight, and then death taxes, and you know Sterling Shepard's going to get hurt every yep. single year. I know you mentioned he's free. I, I just I, – I, I, that taste is gone. I don't even want to get near that anymore. Um, I would rather go in another direction. And, and it's not a best ball. You know, this is a managed league, and the guys like that are difficult to know when to start and when not to start. Them. Absolutely, yes. Um, yes. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's tough for me to say. I'll tell you this. Devin Duvernay is going right behind him. And say what you will about the Ravens passing game, and I know it's not exciting, but Devin Duvernay is a starter there right now. I can't say the same thing for Sterling Shepard. So I'd be much more likely to take Duvernay, especially if a guy like Rashad Bateman, who missed time last year, goes down. All of a sudden, Duvernay becomes um, like a valuable guy in the 19th round. So I, I think that there's something to like there. Um, there are guys going after Sterling Shepard I like better. I think this is the final email of the night, but it's kind of a two-parter. We'll go to the emailer's question first. Dan in St. Louis. Uh, happy early 4th of July, guys. Does Noah Fant's quarterback matter in terms of his production this year? I have him in several FFPC leagues, and I'm wondering if I should root for either Geno Smith or Drew Locke to get the starting quarterback job. That is Dan in St. Louis. Thank you, Dan. Noah Fant, formerly of the Denver Broncos, now in Seattle. Duke, does it matter who's throwing them the football this year? How, how do you see Noah Fant, with, whether it's Geno Smith or Drew Locke? Yeah, I don't think it matters that much. I know the players are, are behind Geno. I just saw reading yesterday. He's our guy. He's our quarterback. He's he's the one that's going to lead our team. As far as that helping out Noah Fant, I mean, he's in the position to, to get some targets, but I, I'm not uh, Irv Smith, uh, Frymuth, uh I'm, I'm taking those guys all, all over, you know, all over him. I he just uh, I was I got a little excited yet last year, but I had him on a few teams. He he just didn't pan out. He didn't do anything. I'm I'm off on him regardless of who the quarterback's going to be over there. Um, and I'm just looking right now with uh, with Noah Fant in football guys drafts. He is he has an ADP tight end sixteen at the eleven twelve. So he's going right behind. Um, I take that back. He's going about a round behind Albert Okuepenaum, and then he's going about a half round ahead of Hunter Henry, Gerald Everett. You know, he's and, – and and I would never advocate this. I don't want you waiting around to draft your first tight end at tight end 16. I could see, I guess, if you drafted Gesicki or Irv Smith or Okuepenaum as your number one tight end and you wanted to go another tight end right away, I guess I'd be willing to see what happens with Noah Fant because – Sure. I mean, Double-digit pick, you know, it, it's, yep. it is whatever. It's, it's not a heavy investment. But, yeah, right. you're right. I mean, I'm not targeting him at all this year. No. No, I, I don't have a one team either. I mean, again, you're getting it for nothing. See what happens. See how, you know, the first couple weeks of the season goes. See if he's going to be involved or not. You know, and if not, just cut bait and move on. Right. Um, the second part of that question was from um, Hudson Kern-Reeve, our resident uh, Ivy League professor, hanging out in the YouTube room. And it is about Noah Fant and Ken Walker. But oh, beg your pardon. Uh, he wants to know is Rashad Penny or Noah Fant uh, the more valuable Seahawks player this year in the FFPC? Sounds like you would say Rashad Penny, right? Um, but not not a resounding yes. It's not a resounding yes. It's, Penny would be first, but I I don't have Penny on one team. Just put put it that way. I, I okay. just you know they got the rookie over there. I mean, what's it going to be? I you know his history of injuries uh to be, it's just an avoid situation the only one i want is a wide receiver one over there on a few teams other than that i'm not going any, any near any seattle seahawks at all so so you like so metcalf's okay lockett's okay but that's the best endorsement you can give on any seattle players yeah, here's the deal with metcalf he's going in the fourth round now he's a second round guy you know you get him to your number three wide receiver that's that's, that's a total win-win even with who's ever behind center there i think that's a, that's a really good move what about lockett not so much. I think he had a good connection, you know, with Wilson. I mean, they, they, they did well together, you know, but Lockett's still gone. I see him in sixth, seventh round, you know, in a couple, you know, eighth round, you know, right around there. Um, you know, and Lockett had, would have three monster blowout games and he's in the side of the milk carton for three weeks in a row. Is he even playing? You don't even know what's going on with him. You know, so I'm going to stay away from him too. Um, final question I'm going to ask you tonight, Duke. This is coming from Eric in Appleton, Wisconsin. Hi, first time, long time. Just want to ask you this. Um, do you see something, you, you know, you've drafted in a ton of different high stakes formats over the years. You've been doing it for 20 years. You've had uh, more experience than I think a lot of the guests we've had on, on this show. Is there something when you're drafting, whether it's live out in Las Vegas, online from the company or in home, 
Is there something you still see high stakes drafters, high stakes noobs getting it wrong? I, I do. Is there something that you still see a mistake being made over and over again in these drafts that's really hamstringing new players from having success that you're able to take advantage of in draft rooms? I do. I mean, I see sometimes, I mean, they're very good players, but then they're home, they're home like a Packer fan and they'll take Packer guys like around earlier, you know, just to get on their team and, and, and they're very good players. And then I, I kind of scratch my head, why, why would you do that? You know, and they make those mistakes, which opens up doors and opportunities for me in that draft to get other players that I didn't think I would get at those particular rounds on my team. I I love that. I, I well, I mean, I love it when it happens to me too. I, I, I would, classify myself as a Packers fan and I'm always excited. Here's the thing. I never target Packers. Uh, maybe Aaron Jones this year. I never target Packers. I'm always excited when I get one on my team, but I've never gone out and like tried to reach for one just so I can root for my teams. So I feel like that's a feather in my cap because the right. more you can put your, you know, or even, and I'll say this too. Uh, this is another one. Oh, that guy burned me last year. The last couple of years, I'll never draft him again. I take right. advantage of that too. Because every year is a new year and 100%. every player has his price. You know, that's right. We we talk about players that um, and I asked you earlier, well, who's a player you won't have? And I guarantee you this. Well, I shouldn't guarantee this because I, I should ask you this. There's players that I say I'll never draft, but at the right price, <laughs> at the right spot in my draft, I will take them eventually, dude. Sure. I hear you. No, I know. I like I don't want Michael Thomas. There he is in the tenth round. Michael Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, totally agree with you. Listen, this this was a pleasure. I I was uh, I'm so excited that that I got to talk shop with you tonight. Uh, such a skilled player, a guy that, that that's been very accomplished like yourself. I'm glad you had a great time in Las Vegas. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best in all your fantasy football leagues this year, wherever they may be. And hopefully, you can pull in uh, a big major title this year because you've been very very close already. Uh, maybe 2022 is is your year, dude. I hope so. And thank you so much for having me on the show. I totally appreciate it. Absolutely. Duke Viveros, ladies and gentlemen, you follow him on Twitter at Duke Viveros, a guy who has won $200,000 plus in high stakes fantasy football, had uh, many top 10 finishes, top two finish in a couple of national contests. Pleasure to have him aboard tonight. That will wrap up our show. I want to thank Duke Viveros. I want to thank the FFPC. I want to thank Rob Bryson, of course, each and every one of you for viewing, downloading, streaming, whatever. Now, Here's the big housekeeping notes. We are off all next week. No show next week. Uh, I'm, I'm roped into a, a vacation uh, with my family that my wife uh, plans every year. My internet is not going to be good as I will be going to the Northwoods of Northern Wisconsin. It's just not going to work out to do a show. But I'm not going to let you guys down. For the first time ever, we will have three live video casts the week after. Live FFPC best ball tournament coverage with Dave Terpoli and me on Monday, July 11th. That's first. Then on Wednesday, July 13th, the road of his high stakes lowdown, brand new episode with the 2020 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship champions, Bad, uh, Brad Petri and Darren Larson. I'm going to talk to them on Wednesday night. And then, of course, this show resumes the following Friday, not this next Friday, but the following Friday on July 15th. FFPC main event and football guys players championship league champ and 2022 FFPC pros versus Joe Joe William Van Ormer will join myself and Farrell Elliott that is two weeks from this Friday the main event slow drafts in the FFPC will be indeed begin on Monday so make sure that you are getting yourself set for those as the quest for the million bucks begins in just a few hours uh, multiple football guys drafts filling each and every day. MyFFPC.com. Don't forget about the best ball tournament. Grand prize and prize pool doubled. The Superflex best ball tournament, $35. Could make you $10,000 in that. Uh, so MyFFPC.com is your home for best ball tournaments. Dynasty startups available. Plenty of slow, live, sit-and-go uh, best ball options all at MyFFPC.com. And, of course, check out the Run to Daylight and the KFFSC Draft Masters at KFFSC.com. A happy early 4th of July uh, to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and talking fantasy football, especially all you guys chiming in in the chat room. Remember to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, comment on the video. Uh, that always helps us uh, here at the FFPC on our YouTube channel. Thank you so much. Your holiday weekend officially starts now. <laughs>
this has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Shameless plug, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, tonight, I just want to make you aware I am commissioning the Football Guys Players Championship draft that starts in just under an hour. If you're watching this live, um, we have the league half full. Um, so if you are looking for some action tonight, maybe you want to kick off your 4th of July weekend in style. Uh, try to win $500,000 tonight. There are six spots available in the midnight draft. Would love to watch a draft. Would love to hang out with you in there as well tonight. So make sure you're signing up for that. Let's get that filled. I'm going to go see if there's any fireworks still going on in my backyard with my family and uh, the other people we had over tonight. And I will see you in the FFPC Football Guys draft rooms uh, shortly. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. Have a great 4th of July. We will speak with you in two weeks.